Hink. Adink, adink. Adink, Okay. Can somebody light me up? Uh, A little. Yes, but. What kind do you want? The black one or the other one? Uh, the black one's good. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Can you catch? A Don't lit do cigarette? No, 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 I'm going to no, throw no, a lit no, cigarette no, to you. That would be an amazing parlor trick, though, wouldn't it? And now, brought to you by McQuano Coffee Roasters, McQuanoCoffee.com, coming to you live, and by that we mean not really live, from the Nakatomi Cigar Room in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck, and Zachary Bartles! <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio, in the Nakatomi Smoke Lounge, by my good friend, my partner in radio, my partner in decadent steak dinners. My Disappointing partner, decadent steak yeah, dinners. <laughs> my partner in having a bad waiter tonight at Capital Prime. <laughs> my partner in not being able to charm that guy. Zachary Bartles. Uh, Zach, we're joined here. This is a very special episode on many levels. Yeah. Uh, one level bummer. is the fact that we're joined by our lovely wives. We have the lovely KK uh, in the house ready to do some reading. Uh, the lovely Aaron Bartles in the house ready to also do some reading because, Zach, this is Gut Check Literacy Month. And I dare say, uh, and I'm going to need you to help me with some math on this and some, some years and some months. This might be the last day of Gut Check Literacy Month, in that we started this month, how many years ago, baby? I told you yesterday, but I can't, it was November of 2015, I believe. It's a yeah, long so month. How many years ago is that, like seven? Seven and a half years. Seven and a half years ago, we started Gut Check Literacy Month. Uh, it has dragged on a bit longer than we thought. We should have had to go 30 years instead of 30 days. Yeah, yeah, that would have been symmetrical. <laughs> it's going to end tonight, perhaps, for those who are not patrons, yeah. but I dare say it will continue for Ooh, those who are. It's going to go on forever titillating. for patrons. Yeah. So that's a little reason to pony up uh, and become a patron at the $4 or $8 levels. Your choice. Also, you can work for us. That's right. You could work for us. You could become a partner in the business. You can get one leather paycheck. And get one beautiful baby leather a, paycheck. It's a heck of a paycheck. Brought to you by... We'll throw that in too, huh? Brought to you by SaddlebackLeather.com. I'm looking at one of their business cards, which their their business cards are like hewn out of leather. Um, I'm smelling it. It smells like a piece of leather because that's what it is. Um, and if you go to SaddlebackLeather.com, you can peruse all their beautiful items. They have desk blotters, Zach. They have bags. They have wallets. They have bound by leather copies of the Constitution, which I think is kind of money. Um, and their tagline is, they will fight over it when you're dead. So visit our sponsor, SaddlebackLeather.com. Now, I feel a little bad yeah. that we've been heaping all this praise on Saddleback Leather when our name sponsor, permanent sponsor, Muquano Coffee Roasters, yeah. has gone, um, just barely mentioned at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. And I wish I could say, right now, I'm sipping on some Muquano coffee, because I've got a, a cup going over here. Yeah. But, but I'm not, because I don't have any decaf. Okay. But I'm going to tell you this. I wish I was drinking Maquano coffee. Atta boy. It's just a little late at night, Atta and I'm an older guy. So get yourself some Maquano coffee. Get yourself a little leather bag to put it in. Yeah. And uh, let's let's talk. Dude, you're a good businessman, and you have a lot of integrity. Because yeah. you could have easily lied about what was in that cup. I could have said I'm drinking Maquano right now. A lesser man might have. I might have. <laughs> but you didn't, dude. And that's the kind of guy you are. And that's the kind of guy I want to be in business with. Yeah. In perpetuity, dude. 
Um, I want to be I want to be co-owning a company with you forever. But it, these cigars we're smoking say Romeo y Julieta, eighteen seventy-five. Yeah. Oh, reserve. They're reserve, dude. We already had a reserve experience this morning. Which was- do you think is better, the Monster Reserve like fruit punch <laughs> or the Romeo y Julieta Reserve cigar? I'm gonna say this. I'm really enjoying this cigar. Yeah, it's good. It's a really these good age cigar. well too, dude. Dude, they burn really evenly. The draw is perfect. The flavor is like it's a perfect after dinner cigar. Um, I feel like it would be the perfect after dinner cigar after the perfect dinner. Yeah. And I really wish that that everybody. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm the outlier. Let's have the conversation now, though, about and it, and and this is a weird thing, and this might say something about me. Yeah, go. That I had the sirloin steak salad which i get every time i go to this restaurant yeah. not because i'm like i'm eating healthier there's like a huge chunk of steak and a bunch of blue cheese i just like it yeah and it was every bit as delicious as always it was like it, that one's right down the middle every time sure but i didn't enjoy it as much because you three were obviously not really digging your yeah. meals apparently ted's steak was a little too chewy it was tough dude it's a tough one it was tough was it my, was mine was. wasn't moany enough yeah, I like to I like to have to moan when I'm eating a really good steak, and I didn't and I didn't do that this yeah, time. Yeah, weird gal, Aaron. What what was it that that held you back from? I don't think there was enough fat. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I yeah. think it, it needed to be a little more marbled. Mm. All right. What about you, KK? How was your dinner? It wasn't good either. Risotto with scallops or something. What was it? It was good. So this all leads into the the waiter situation, which was. He killed we'll get into that, dude. Abysmal. Yeah, he was a vibe killer. I believe he's the worst waiter I've ever encountered, and I'm still angry thinking wow, about him. Wow, that is really... Yeah, I dude, wouldn't have put it is, in those terms. Yeah, he was a really piece of work, waiters. though. He was unbelievable. He was, he was odd from the beginning, and I would love it if one of you guys would explain what was so odd about his delivery and his demeanor. Zachary? I can't. I, here's the thing. I didn't even know the thing about the being sideways. Like, you didn't notice no, that? No, because we were in like the swingers booth. Yeah, from the end of swingers, where they're like in like a oval, half of an oval, yeah. dude. The back corner booth, like yeah. the, the evening was like calibrated for we us. We were to ready have an for it time. to rule. Yeah, yeah, we perfect. were ready for it to rule. But sure. I was on the outside facing Ted. I wasn't facing this waiter, and I make it. Listen, I make it a bedrock principle of mine never to make eye contact with a member of the serving class. <laughs> no, I just, I didn't happen to see, like, I didn't look up at him because, um, I don't know, he was just kind of a weird, mincy dude that, that I didn't think I was going to have a connection with. Well, so. I would like to explain to you what I saw. Okay. Yeah, tell us what you saw. Start so, with his ridiculous hair. Okay, oh, why wow. don't you do his hair and then I'll do the stance. <sighs> yeah, the stance was big. He had bleach blonde hair. It was... I suppose long enough to put into a ponytail, but the po- it was like a knotted, it was like a colonial ponytail, so very low, but it was knotted over on itself, but the whole size of his knotted up ponytail was about the size of a marble. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very small, it was the smallest was man one, bun dude. I've ever seen. Yeah, it was and a you little know what? man bun, a little if, tiny if one. Your it was like a George is- Washington nub. If, yeah. you're, if your George Washington colonial bun is that Dude, small, he could have been an extra in like the Patriot, off, punk. you know? <laughs> It yeah. didn't bother me. The hair didn't bother me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't so, bother me either, dude. And I, I don't I, like making fun of hair stuff because <laughs> I've had, I've been through some weird hair things in my in my life. But I think maybe the, he's the on a thing journey that there. made it yeah standoffish. Yeah, literally, literally, is that he stood? I would say about four feet away from our table. That was yep. odd. Yeah, to yeah. speak to us, didn't raise his voice at all to speak to us. Spoke in a totally regular tone. So they, the, the voice didn't quite carry enough. But the weirdest thing was that he didn't face the table. Nope. We were all kind of facing him. Not not you guys on the end, but we were all kind of facing him. But he stood 
completely parallel, like completely sideways. So he was facing like table. some other table he was speaking, 30 feet away. Yeah. It was over his shoulder. So at us. bizarre. Yes. Zach, do you know how like when you're boxing and you lead with like your left shoulder yeah. and you want to not give him a lot to hit? Yeah, you make That's a small target. Yeah, yeah, you make a small like target. Was he afraid you were going to throw food at him or exactly. like rolls yeah, or something? It was, it's yeah. sort of so like, weird. It's sort of like when your teenage kid is in a bad mood and they're walking <laughs> out of the room and you're like, hey, make sure you remember to take out the trash. And they're like, mm. okay, over their shoulder. And they're like, uh-huh. surly and truculent. It's almost like when he took our order, you almost expect him to say, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes. Like a kid. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. He you was know, the worst. Uh, th- there was a nice restaurant in uh, Grand Rapids called, what was that called? The Crab One. Charlie's Crab. Yeah, Charlie's Crab. Aaron and I went there a couple times for like anniversary and stuff. When we, we were quite really young. young. Yeah, we were just like newly married. And we had not a great meal. And then I told my one of my best friends from seminary, I also worked with, I told him about it. And he said, I hate that place. I went there once and the waiter just left us like alone because we didn't get any drinks, right? Uh-huh. He didn't get any drinks. And I'm sure we didn't then either. Um, and he just like kept, you know, popping in real quick and like, everything okay, fine. And then finally he came, tossed, tossed the bill on the table. Wow. And said, here's your bill. Oh, unless you want dessert or something. <gasps> And I, I've, Why would somebody act like that? That wasn't even my experience, but the way he described it and the uh. fact that I know this guy has got more integrity than I'll ever have, he wasn't even exaggerating. Like For him, exaggerating would be lying. Mm. I always <laughs> think about that, and I, whenever I have a bad waiter experience, I kind of compare it to his yeah. experience That's there. That's really interesting. And this one noses up toward it, kind of. And he, he, was wasn't, he wasn't a... I don't yeah. feel like he was a jerk, but it was so... It, there was nothing welcoming at all about it. Yeah. yeah, the restaurant relieved us for a while in the middle because they were like they, they don't gave they us can't the deal. Yes, for a while. yeah. So that was the other weird thing. So yeah. we had the one guy, but then like the sort of more charismatic nice guy came in. Yeah, he did. And like, it was almost like they were. He did most of the work. Dude, were, the nice guy was like the middle reliever in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> he came in, gave you a few solid innings, dude. He was throwing hard. Yeah, he was like yeah, Sammy Malone. You yeah, want to hang out with him? Malone. It was yeah. enough where we started wondering who are we actually tipping here. That's and it. there was some miscommunication because the nice guy yes. was like, "Hey, do you guys want some dessert?" And we're like, "Ah, no, thanks." You know, I think we're all set. <laughs> and then ponytail. Yeah, and then came in. Yeah. yeah. Sidewinder Trouble is them. what I'm going to call him. Okay, that's good because I have some other things that I could call him that I'm Ooh. not going to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. But this was my favorite part, the awkwardness here. Yeah. It's it tough, almost dude. as if the way he was standing, it's almost as if he was afraid we were gonna punch him. No, and Kate, what was he doing? He was except, he started he started putting down a dessert menu in front of each of us. Yes. He silently succeeded. Ted goes, he looks at me and he goes, Buddy, we're not getting dessert, are we? Because we'd already told him and we were like, no. And then that moment, in comes the friendly waiter with yep. our bill. Yeah. Yep. And that guy it was so made awkward. a meal. Out of picking back up one at a time yeah, yeah. Really to those slowly. dessert menus. Now, do you yeah. think there was some? There's something Dude, deep there might going be some on between, beef those, between those two, two guys. Maybe. Yeah. I'm I'm team nice guy. Oh, well, I'm yeah. team nice guy too. He yeah, was, he should have been our waiter. I think we would have had a different experience. Yeah. 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 Although the, your your meat still wouldn't have made you moan, and yours would have still yeah, been tough true. and hard to chew. Yeah, that's but true. you know what, dude? I mean, I, maybe it was just a bad cow. It might have been. Yeah. You know what? Don't blame the cow. Maybe the sidebar. Had like pissed off the cow somehow. He made the cow's life miserable. I don't think like, they had the cows like live yeah. at the at the. I know, he had to go through the scenario where he <laughs> he delivers the cow, the cow and raises it and kind of feeds it with a bottle for a while. Shoots it with that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah shoots it with hormones. Yeah, right. Then he butchers the cow. He has to go through that whole scenario before he can then serve it to the table. Yeah. Right. 
Kyle, how about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my all right, are we going to read this uh, final chapter in epilogue? Baby, we are. This is the end of Gut Check Literacy Month, and there's a lot of emotions on this side of the table. I knew this I'm, was uh, going to happen. I'm going through a lot over here. I wasn't sure if it would. I know. I... All right, so this one is mostly me. Yep. With a little a little paragraph of Ted's, and then the well, epilogue is the opposite. Yeah. So this is chapter 58, ETJB. Do you remember me? Emma asks little Alex. Of course. You practically raised me, Emma. I'm not your mom, though, she explains. And Alex isn't your dad. Oh, I know that. Nothing's ever been more obvious than that. Who is my real dad? His name is Duke Morrison, Alex says. Wait, THE Duke Morrison? The guy who got five tackles and two sacks tonight and ended Dirk Brothers' career to boot? <laughs> yeah, Alex says, feeling small compared to Duke Morrison, which is nothing new. <laughs> That's awesome! I can't wait to meet him! And all those other Morrisons are my older brothers? Younger brothers, actually. <laughs> oh, nice! Little Alex stops short. Wait, I'm still going to see you guys, though, right? I, I hope so, Emma says. By the way, are you two guys like a, a thing now? Alex and Emma look at each other and smile. I think so, Alex says. Oh. Section break. The vegans are amped as they pour back into the locker room, fresh off their win, slapping hands and butts. <laughs> <laughs> they barely seem to notice Carol Ann, who continually rakes at... <laughs> who continually rakes at the cocoon with an old, old cleat as they shower, change, and file back out, earbuds shutting out the world. Only Ted Strongbow stays behind to help. Mm. He's feeling good after a pretty decent game in which he threw 280 yards and three touchdowns. This is where he belongs, he thinks, despite no longer being the media darling or the evangelical it guy. Or maybe because of. You need some help with that gross cocoon thing, ma'am? <laughs> he asks, enjoying the newly reacquired thing. ability to convey basic ideas through spoken <laughs> language. I really do. She answers. She looks like she's been crying. Stand back. Strongbow heaves the cocoon above <laughs> above his head and tears it in two like a giant pistachio, ejecting a torrent of smelly goop and one Episcopal priest who lands on the heated tile floor with a smack and goes fetal. Strongbow looks down at himself, horrified. He's absolutely covered in gunk. I think, I think I'm going to go shower again, he says. He nods at this sort of reunited couple and says... Ma'am? Father? Before heading back to the showers, shedding his linen shirt as he goes. <laughs> With much assistance from Carol Ann, Father Vincent manages to stand. He shuffles over to the giant locker room mirror and inspects his new post-metamorphosis self. It's pretty much <laughs> his old self. All the hair is gone, including the tuft of chest hair, and his physique is once again doughy and unimpressive. He feels his heart sink. Carol Ann hugs him, ignoring the foul gunk coating him. I missed you so much, honey, she says. From the pocket of his sweatpants, Nickelback's rock star squeals from his phone's little speaker. He, he changed the ringtone during his night of vaping, and the song sounds utterly ridiculous to him today. Thankfully, the phone is pretty much free of the sticky after-rebirth. <laughs> Hello, he answers. Uh, this is Bishop Dwayne DeHeaven from the Diocese of Western Michigan. Been a while, Vince. It sure has. What's up? Well, uh, I might have a church for you. It's in a little town called Garfield. Like the cat, Vincent says. He's still a little groggy. I mean, yeah, like 
the cat. It's only about 45 parishioners, but they're good folks. What do you say? Carol Ann has been able to hear the whole conversation, even without it being on speaker, because cell phones suck in that way, generally. She takes his hands and nods. I'm intrigued, Vince says into the phone. Let's talk soon. He's just ended the call when their son, Vincent Ironsides Romero, comes shuffling into the room, downcast. What's the matter, Vinny? We lost, he shrugs. But you did really good. Besides, you'll get him next time. The boy shakes his head. Not me. Apparently, I only got on the team because someone hacked the assful's computer system. <laughs> the rule is you've got to be three years out of high school to play. Vincent puts a hand on his son's shoulder, which doesn't feel at all weird, even though this is the first time they've ever interacted or been in the same room. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, son. I guess that leaves Duke's kids out as well. Little Vinny shrugs again bitterly. At least they've got college scholarships. What have I got? We've got each other, Vincent says. Aww. He's not at all bothered by the dingy dreadlocks or the fact that his son looks like the killer in a 90s horror movie. <laughs> and I bet Garfield has great kindergartens. Garfield? Like the cat? Vinny says, laughing in a pretty non-creepy way. <laughs> yeah, Vincent says, scooping his son onto his shoulders. Like the cat. The three of them walk out of the locker room <laughs> together without... <laughs> without... <laughs> Without Father Vincent even showering. <laughs> Dude, Father Vince is about to become a small-town pastor. I know, I know of a great resource for Dude, him. he can get some tips yeah. and tricks of the he trade. Can, oh, he can really learn it from the best like on that one. He yeah, can get it seems like an amazing Lincoln decadent suite. life. Yeah, yeah he, I, could, he could find himself in the Rain Man suite. This you is know? you here, buddy. All right, here we go. Short section. Edith Ignatius Loyola sits in the press box with her new colleagues. Her R-Day radio crackles to life occasionally, but she ignores it. She is writing the game report of her life. The words are tumbling out of her like rainfall on her parched, leathery skin. She gathers her things, eager to hustle down to the press room for the post-game press conference. As she walks briskly down the hall, a page flaps behind her from a yellow legal pad. It reads, Sports Without Effort, the latest in communities-based entertainment. The page is covered with notes. Edith has a lot of ideas. Section break. Will Highfield sits in his seat long after the other fans have left. The alligator skin suitcase at his feet and the $4,000 suit he wears are completely caked in mud. He's, you guys remember mud fell from the sky a little Oh, while. yeah, I remember that. He's been staring at his cell phone for 45 minutes trying to think of something to tweet. Some way to tie himself into all this weird stuff that happened tonight. The mud from the sky, that creepy little kid, the man who currently seems to be descending from the light stanchion using a rope fashioned from human hair? <laughs> if, if Highfield was worth his salt as an end times James Bond, or ETJB, which is how he has been describing himself to others lately, much like someone might say they're an INFJ or an Enneagram <laughs> 6, he should be able to force any situation into no fewer than two dozen Bible passages while also keeping himself at the center of it all. Nothing's coming to him, though. It's all not happening. <laughs> he feels empty and kind of hopeless. His phone beeps the arrival of a new text message. It's from Schofield. I need you to come up here and cut my hair. My hand is cramping up. Followed by another. And try not to get mud on my carpet. Nice. Oh, baby, it's time for the epilogue. This is it, man. Um, I'll be Van Shrimpy if he's in there. Yeah, you be Van Shrimpy. Which one of these sections is you? Um, At the very end, I think, maybe. A short one, a really short, like, one paragraph one. You need and somebody then, to be Kate at the beginning. And then the last one. And then the last one. Yeah, yeah. so you got the last two sections. Yeah, Aaron, you be Kate. Okay. 
All right, here we so go. So she wrote that article as Kate. Oh, that's right. This is the epilogue. As Duke Morrison pulls off his uniform for the last time, he's full of conflicting emotions. It was so fun to play in an asshole game with my kids, but my kids grew up so fast. It was so fun to nearly kill Dirk Brothers, but I nearly killed Dirk Brothers and kind of feel bad about it now. Duke sighs and feels deep, searing pain in both shoulders as he removes his pads for the last time. I'm removing my pads for the last time. Good. But I'm also removing my pads for the last time. Bad. As Duke watches Troy Aikman Morrison and Walter Payton Morrison rip into a sponsor-provided case of DeWater. <laughs> I, knew. I forgot about, oh, I forgot that, about dude. that, too, dude. A new spiked water beverage from Dewar's. He allows himself a sad smile. They're not going to be... T- oh, I got to growl it. They're not going to be 22 forever, <laughs> thinks Morrison out loud, until he feels a familiar hand on his shoulder. Actually... They'll be 22 for a whole year, Duke. His lovely wife, Kate, explains. What's funny is that Kate isn't that much older than his kids now. Duke smiles genuinely at the fact that he was able to marry a very attractive, <laughs> much younger woman. <laughs> he's grown, really. Yeah, yeah he's really grown as a person. <laughs> I made some inquiries into the science. Kate explains. The Ultrajust has a half-life of only a few weeks in the bloodstream, meaning that they've done all the growing they're going to do for a while, provided there's no further exposure. How'd you get in here? Duke, <laughs> a- <laughs> Duke, Duke asks, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely befuddled, as to the fact that they apparently let anybody into these locker rooms nowadays. Then he cries and holds his wife for a good long time. Duke then indicates that he has no idea what she is talking about. <laughs> Because his degrees are in medieval literature, not science. (laughs) He's not a science guy. But also that he is really, really happy. He then indicates that he'll be holding a retirement press conference as soon as he has the chance to shower and receive a Toradol injection into literally every part of his body. At that bit of good news, Kate sheds a tear. Who's that? Duke growls again. Because of the fact that it's apparently raining non-team members in the locker room. He points a meaty finger at a guy in a wheelchair and a small boy. The guy in the wheelchair looks oddly familiar, as does, come to think of it, the small boy who, despite his age, has a barrel chest and a slightly florid tone like Duke. Duke grabs a Sharpie and signs a glossy photo in his locker, thinking the kid wants an autograph, and feeling magnanimous because of all the winning and all the good news he's experiencing. He'd sign a glossy for the whole world, probably. Thank- oh, I'll be the kid. Thanks, Dad, says the boy with the distinctively... I gotta do that again. <laughs> I gotta go back into the yeah, last chapter, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, I'm trying to do a Morrison, but a high pitch. Yeah, like a high pitch. Yeah, like a high pitch crowd. It's a hard... Kind of like, yeah. uh, like Bobby yeah. Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I can't do it. I'm just gonna Let me give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Dad. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> says the boy with the distinctively growly Morrison rasp. Duke's Sharpie falls to the floor as he sweeps the boy up in his strong, sweaty arms. He's about to say the kid's name and then realizes he doesn't know it. (laughs) Alex, says the guy in the wheelchair. Because he's feeling jaunty and magnanimous and like the world is his oyster, Duke quickly forgives the fact that the guy in the wheelchair apparently kidnapped his kid for a really long time. For a really 
In fact, he outfits them both head to toe or mid thigh. Oh. Yeah. In team issued Brooklyn Vegans gear, probably a few hundred bucks worth if he had to venture a guess. <laughs> and then we get a section break. Duke's retirement presser is characteristically short. Everybody is there. Edith, Sylvia, Wiles, his wife and all their kids, Van Shrimpy, Vince, Carol Ann, and Strongbow. I'm retiring, he says from behind the podium. Thanks. There's not a dry eye in the house. After a pregnant pause, a bony, leathery hand goes up from the media throng. You there, in the hot pink, life's a beach, halter, Duke growls. Edith would smile. <laughs> Edith. <laughs> Edith would smile. Were it not for the permanent cigarette-shaped pucker, her lips are frozen into. Are you doing any writing, Duke? She rasps. He sighs and waits for a long moment. Yes, he says. The crowd gasps. <gasps> I'm working on a memoir entitled Duke Morrison, Endures. Like, as in, Endures. <laughs> I received a six-figure contract as soon as the game was over. Dr. James Wiles is crestfallen, his own book deal now seeming a little bit less amazing by comparison. Section break. The very next day, Reverend Lewis Ironsides is located and taken into custody by U.S. Marshals. There are now more charges related to the plane and the mud and everything. He will spend more than a decade in prison. He doesn't even get to meet his grandson before going up the river, which is just as well because that kid would have creeped him right out. <laughs> Section break. The dreadlocks? Yeah. <laughs> Three months later, Josh Vandersma is still given to delusions of grandeur. He is now demanding that everyone address him as Xerxes because in the Book of Esther, Xerxes is called, quote, the king of media. <laughs> and Josh, <laughs> I'm very proud yeah, of that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And Josh now sees himself as the king of all media. Two things about that, though. One, Josh doesn't know that, in perhaps the saddest thing to have ever happened, white trash shock jock Howard Stern has already, inaccurately, claimed that title for himself. Related, Stern's... <laughs> Stern's frequent guest, Donald J. Trump, under the gentle nudging of Schofield's Power Investment Club, has formed an exploratory committee that will ultimately lead him to run for president in 2016. Oh, bringing in some current events. I like it, baby. Current. Current then. Yeah. Current when we started Gut Check Literacy Month seven and a half years ago. And two, what prompted this new self-designation is the fact that Josh is simultaneously working for Will Highfield, overseeing the multimedia dominance department of his ministry, while also working as a freelance writer. They're all writers. The former, <laughs> the former amounts to basically making the PowerPoints for Sunday morning and ghostwriting most of Highfield's books. The latter consists of tweeting a lot about how well he's doing oh, as a freelancer. Dude, I remember that. All other, things, all other things being equal, and weirdly, they are, Josh is happier than he's been in years. Oh, Good you guys. Folks, that's a rewrap. Oh that's my a rewrap. That's the end of the book, baby. How can Man. that be the end? Although we've come to the end of the road, end of the road. still I can't let you go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Girl. <laughs> I know you really love me. 
You just don't realize. You've never been there before. It's only your first time. Said, you said we'd be forever. You said it'd never die. Why would you love me and leave me and never say goodbye? So poignant. So poignant. It's poetry. Oh, my goodness. Will you love me again like you loved me before? Hey, you want to hear my voice to men story? I remember it doing that voice. I don't know. I just have it. What's that? I said, do you want to hear my voice to men story? Yes. 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 Desperately, because I don't remember, but you looked at me as if I should. So, uh... We had this thing at Garber High School where I went called yeah. the Senior Concert for yeah. the Choir. Yeah. Okay. Me and four of my friends, oh. all white. Yeah. Oh boy. Got up and sang "Boys to Men." It, it, <laughs> Boys to Men's. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah. Do great Acapella. Yeah. Oh. In harmony. Wow. Okay. You say goodbye. What is your to yesterday? yesterday? Twenty-five years later. Yeah. That's the song. Was so it good? I, I thought that it was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we, when we got done, because we had been boys, right? We were we were yeah. tight. Yeah. You'd been boys to men. We'd been boys to men. Yes. Yeah. We got done. We like hugged and cried on stage, and oh, then we got off dude. stage. And we high five. Like That's man, a big we moment. crushed that. Yeah. Right. So then, like you know, the end of your senior year, you're not doing hardly anything. Mm. You're not doing hardly anything. <laughs> Let's go to Myers and get some soda and pop. No, we're, you're, you're you're very you're just kind of like it's coasting. a relaxed schedule. Yeah, dude. You're, you're coasting. coasting. You're, it's it's the opposite of oh no no. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah, no right. swim There's practice. No play practice. practice. There's no play practice. So in choir no class, yeah. <laughs> the next day, the choir teacher says, "You know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna pop in the VHS of the senior." Oh concert. no! I, I know where this no, is going. Dude. So we're watching it, and I'm thinking like, I can't wait till our part gets up. Mm-hmm. It comes up. It starts singing. None of us looked at each other. We all just kind of cringed oh, and looked that's at the. Tough. It was. Oh, was it out of key? Out, it was off key, and you know, I mean, you, even if somebody starts on a pitch pipe and everyone's you know kicking mm. together exactly the right harmony, I don't right. say kicking. Everyone's it's singing because you're talking about boys to yeah, men. You know what it is? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it slowly just kind of. Fell, got flatter and but you flatter went, and further apart. Were you flat apart. in different ways? We, we yeah, kind of. Yeah. It was, oh. it was bad. That's no, painful. for my benefit, and you can take this out if you want. But who, who was it again? Well, it was me. It was AJ. Mm. So uh-huh. you, it's I'm another familiar with you know. his work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my friend Jim. Yeah. My friend Mike. Yeah. And then John Bouchard. Oh, Bouchard! I bet he's the one who pulled you guys flat. I don't know. Oh, I think it might have been me. I don't know. Really. It no. was it was not. But good, I've though. had a similar experience of like thinking you did well in like a musical or whatever, and then seeing the tape later and oh. be like, "Oh my gosh, you know that's that so horrible." Is exactly why we refused to have our wedding videotaped. Exactly. Because mm. what if we, in our minds, it was a perfect day. We looked yeah. amazing. Everything was perfect. Yeah. And there's no reason to have video evidence to to the contrary. Mm. Well, it's the ultimate mixed blessing. And even like coming up in the 90s, we all had this experience with it where like you see something that you think was magnificent. Yeah. But for, like for kids today, mm-hmm. everything is videotaped. Uh, there's I, I no feel so bad for Yeah, kids. there's no sense of like, I don't even get to reflect on how great that was for two days or whatever. And you don't yeah, even immediately get, show me your phone. Yeah, Let me see it. Yeah, yeah. And right. you don't even get to have anything that you do that's stupid or bad forgotten at some point. Right. You know? Because it lives on forever on right. someone's phone. And if it's super stupid, it goes viral. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah, it doesn't even exist unless it's been right. photographed yeah. or videotaped. Yeah. I want to say that um, 
I admire you for doing that boys to men number. Dude. That is a bold that move. That took some courage. And whether whether it worked out or not is is neither here nor there. For a handful of suburban white boys, right? yeah, that was a brave deal. For a, yeah, for a handful for a handful of kids who had every advantage known to man to to do that. Well, we were. I mean, not having. I don't think there's any struggle implied. You 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 get to yeah. the end of the road and have to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah. Whether you're uh, you know going to a nice high school or you're in it, uh, the barrio or something. So. Yeah, and I mean that's, that's universal. Yeah, they weren't singing Motown Philly or anything. That song so. was nah, 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 nah. right. That song was everybody's graduating song. Yeah. Oh yeah. For yeah. a decade until it was time yeah. of our until it was time life. of our life. Yeah. Right. Right. Wait, time of our life. Green, Green day. day. Oh yeah, that's right, dude. I hope you it's had actually the called time Good of yeah, your life. That took the title belt from End of the Road yeah. as a graduation yeah. song. Yeah, well, but wild. also there was the Michael W. Smith song. Friends the are friends, friends forever. Friends. That was yes. friends forever. That was, 10 that was years earlier. earlier. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure, but it, it you know it, that it was, was the there. Arkansas Baptist version. Yeah, of, uh, that was that was the, the Christian. Yeah, we went to a public school. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Also, so we did as an encore because everyone was like. Going nuts. Like we got done with uh, Hard to Say Goodbye for SGA. Yeah. Everybody, there's silence. Yeah. We put our heads down. It's like, dude, they were asking for an encore? And then everyone burst into applause. Yeah. So, so, so we started singing, um, even the camera I'll make love to you. No, you no, did not. Throw your clothes. <laughs> no, you didn't. On the floor. floor. <laughs> I will take my clothes off. And I'll take my clothes off, too. Yeah, it's really, it's really <laughs> yeah, nasty. Dude, that's so trashy. And dude, you know I what? You? Tons, and no, we didn't do that. Tons of and songs, no one wanted another Tons of songs they played at, like, junior high dances. When you listen to the lyrics, you're like, that's wrong. Dude, can I tell you a filthy story from college that you have to cut out of here? But it involves sure. that song. Yeah. It's really funny. I've made plans to, to be, be with you, <laughs> girl. I, I, he made plans. You yeah. know, like he was going to break plans. I'm a sweet guy. Exactly. I've got plans to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, are they called like boys to old men now? I know they still they, tour. Oh, really? But, oh, not all of them. Three of them do. This was on a Netflix thing about oh. music, music from the '90s or whatever. Okay. There's three of them that got together and still tour, and the one is like doesn't want to do it, and I think it's a money thing. Was it the deep voice guy who who declined? I can't remember which I hope one. He's still girl. Girl. That was so funny. I can't girl. remember which one it was. I know you really love me. That, that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Throw right, your clothes in. on We're the floor. In. That was a very yeah. funny story. Um, now what? I don't know. I, I, dude. We, we've, 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 have we hit the end of the road on this episode? I think we have, dude. I feel a little empty now that uh, Gut Shake Literacy Month is over. We and I think process, what I'd like yeah. to do. It's just debrief it off the air as friends. You know, we've done a lot of content this week. Um, and, and I think we just need some time uh, for the four of us to reflect on what a great job we've done. And we have, we have all done a tremendous job. Like, reading this in our respective careers uh, for, for a whole bunch of kids from, like, the middle of nowhere. I think, I think we've all done a really good job. Um, not to put too fine a point Amen. on Amen. 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 Um, we have come to the end of the road, Zachary Bartles, on this on this episode. But not the end of Gut Check Podcast. No, gosh, oh, no. no. We're just getting started, baby. I'm We're in my primes. New. We're just kids. We're just kids in our primes. Uh, making radio, <laughs> making magic, getting making bags. Waves, yeah. yeah, getting bags, uh, make, making things happen. Zach, we've done what we always do on this podcast in that we've read the final two chapters <laughs> of a book that took us seven and a half years to read out loud. <laughs> And we will see. Oh, no, 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 back it up. Roll that back. After September, this better not be an issue anymore. Yeah, dude, after September, I'll I'll forget about that other thing altogether. 
Um, Zach, we've done what we always do on this program in that we've read the last two chapters of a book that took us seven and a half years to get through. It's funnier the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, chuckle at it as though it's the first time. <laughs> we even use that part. I'll use that yeah. one, yeah. And we will see you, girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> Next time. Let's make a run for it and get lost in the